Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to the 100th episode of the Librarian Influencers Podcast. And I'm so thrilled today to have uh, four special guests that are here. Um, and these are people that had very hot topics that a lot of people downloaded and were listening to. And so I, I invited them back to have a celebratory um, episode and this is number 100. And so let me go ahead and let them introduce themselves to you. Hi there, and thank you for inviting me to come back. Um, I'm Casey Boyd and um, it's been quite an interesting couple of months uh, since I have uh, first appeared on the podcast. <laughs> I have spent a lot of time giving presentations and keynote uh, addresses around the topic of uh, advocacy for library programs in the school setting. And that has been my primary uh, focus. So okay. I've been extremely busy. All right, definitely. All right, well, thanks for being here today. And, and Jackie Torres, you're up next. Go ahead and give us a quick update on yourself. Hi, thank you, Dr. Shinneman, for having me back. Um, so my name is Jackie Torres, and I'm a middle school librarian. Um, so that's my biggest change. I was an elementary librarian, and I moved to the middle school um, back in August um, mm -hmm. in South Texas. All right, very good. Um, Jen Roth, we have you from Pennsylvania today. So give us a quick update on yourself. Yes, thank you for having me. I am an elementary librarian. I teach K to six. And due to the pandemic this year, I've been teaching virtual, in person, on a cart, in the library, anywhere where I can access my students. Right, you name, and that's the truth, wherever we can access the students, because we're all about the students, definitely. All right, and our final uh, participant today is Wendy Prey. So Wendy, give us an update on yourself. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's been two years since I first appeared on the podcast of uh, Librarian Influencers, and I am so happy because it was this podcast and connecting with Dr. Shenemann that like propelled me to take on the doctoral studies in uh, curriculum and instruction at Texas Tech University. So I'm super excited uh, about doing that. I start this fall. And I know one of the other things I mentioned in the podcast, the original podcast I was in was just branching out and, you know, sharing what I knew on a state arena and a, a national arena. And that's another big change too. I, I was able to do that in the, in the time of the pandemic. So that's pretty exciting. That's awesome. And, you know, originally when, when this podcast started, it was the, you know, the idea is we're influencers on our campus. You know, we influence our students, we influence our, our faculty and our administration. And then sometimes people get to take the next step up. And a couple of you today have been doing that. And that is awesome. Actually, several of you have been doing that um, at your state or even the national level. So congratulations to you on all the great things. Um, so we have our kind of coming to an end, we hope, of this school year uh, in a pandemic. <laughs> um, just to, when you look back to a year ago and, and you know, we had, were finishing that, that school year when the pandemic had been around a couple of months and oh my goodness, we never could have imagined we'd have an entire year, you know, going through this um, still. But so many positives have come from this. And so I wanna open up the, the mic just for a little bit to talk about what are some positives that you have seen? I, mean, I hear people talk about the negatives, but what are some of the good things that have come out 
of us being or working during this pandemic. If I can start, uh, Dr. Shinneman, for me personally, it broke the walls of the library. Okay. You know, where I am right now, I'm still in the same library I was two years ago, but I was confined to the physical space because I don't have any paraprofessionals to help me in the library, to help me branch out and connect with okay. my teachers. And so the pandemic allowed me to do that virtually. You know, it allowed me to take the library out of its four walls into a virtual space, which I had a digital library in the past, but there was just no time for me to stop what I was doing because of all of the, you know, norm normalcy of a library. It's very busy, very demanding of you physically, but it kind of helped me stop, you know, develop something virtual for my students and my faculty and then share it which yeah. I thought was a huge perk. It's what I needed. It's an area of improvement that I had before the pandemic. And I feel like a COVID blessing, which is what I call them. I, I do have more COVID blessings than not, but um, I, it was one of the huge things for me and on the actual library programming front and the office, the services that I offer my, my school, but also on the professional arena where it helped me just to afford the time to work on me you know, personally, which is something that an educator in general doesn't really think about because you're always giving, you're forever selfless, you know, it's part of our job, but it helped me to stop and be like, okay, what are some areas that you need to improve on? And let's get there, you know, get the training that you need, learn as much as you can so that you can give back. And so that, that was, those were two huge perks for me from COVID. All right. And I like that phrase, COVID blessings. That's, that's good. It's a twist to how a lot of people think of it. Anybody else? What were some positives that have come out of this? I can go next. This is Casey. Um, one of the, um, one of the things that I was able to do was to reconnect with my love of bibliotherapy, which is a means of connecting kids to books and emotions, and um, having them feel better about themselves and the world that they live in. And uh, that's essentially what our kids need right now mm -hmm. is more of that. So I was working a lot with my um, mental health team at my school to provide those materials, not just for kids that were in crisis, but the entire student body. Okay. And through that, I have come up with a very popular phrase that I use myself, which is giving myself grace and space. You know, it's okay to mess up, to be late, uh, to not do it, you know, 100% correctly the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to mess up. And, and not just with the kids, but with myself. So yeah. that's the positives that have come out of all of this during yeah. the time. And what a great thing even to model, you know, because oftentimes our students, you know, see us as doing everything right, you know, or even our own children, you know, family members were always right. But um, just to model that, you know, that we do mess up and we're going to give ourselves grace, you know, in that space to, to get better and move on. Thanks, Casey. Anybody else? Jen, go ahead. I would say one positive that came out of teaching during the pandemic was I was able to build my rapport with my students even more because in a normal school year in the elementary level, I am seeing my students every four days and it's very fast paced. They come in 45 minutes and they're out my door. Well, this year our district did more of a pod. So I had my students for 45 consecutive days and it was unbelievable, hmm. the connections, um, especially virtual learning. I mean, I got to meet everybody's dog, everybody's cat, <laughs> everybody's 
everybody's little brother, um, you know, their goldfish or, you know, so it was just, it was a really different connection that I didn't, I have never um, experienced in the past. So um, again, just building that connection with my students even more. And then when we got back to school, because I had those experiences, it was easier to guide them to books that I thought they would enjoy. And just to be excited about seeing them every single day when we got back. Okay, neat, that is neat. And I think for me, Dr. Shinneman, um, because I was at a new campus, I didn't know anyone. Um, I think I just became a little bit most, more self-confident in myself because I really had to put myself out there um, and kind of email teachers like, hey, I'm the new librarian, do you need any help? And so I was visiting uh, classes virtually. Um, and then I, you know, just, I had, well, during that time too, I started to genreify my library because our library was closed for the year. So okay. I was able to work on the library and learn that uh, collection. That's and I heard that from several different people that they had time to do tasks, mm -hmm. you know, like that, that they never would have had time for, you know, before. But I'm um, very interesting. All right. And so, and that's one thing when I think back to the beginning of the pandemic and the first couple of months, I would hear the librarians in the podcast, they were saying they were really having to try to um, recreate themselves because they knew themselves within those four walls, you know, they, and that's how everybody thought of them, you know, within those confines of the library. I mean, we, we really, like Wendy was saying, we really started to show them that there's so much more, but yet there were still a lot of things we needed to maintain, you know, and keep doing, um, for example, reading, you know, how, how did you, how did, were you able to find, or what did you do during the pandemic time to really continue to help support students' love of reading? What, what did y'all find were some good strategies? Um, I guess I'll go first. So um, just like Wendy, I did have to build my, my website uh, and I had to make it a little bit more accessible to kids. You know, So when I was presenting during those classes, I would do uh, first chapter Fridays. So any book that was on Mac and Via, I would read the first chapter and then link the book to Mac and Via. Um, and then I started doing uh, choice boards on Buncee, um, kind of mimicking Shannon Miller, how she had her choice boards. And so every week I had a different theme. So I had like uh, sports or exercising or it was Mexican-American month, you know, whatever the theme was, yeah. I would link books from either Epic or Mackin or even from our Follett okay. um, and just try to, you know, push eBooks that way. Um, and I was seeing that a lot of kids were really engaged and I saw a lot of circulation um, of those eBooks because of that. That's good. And I, and I wonder, if that, um, so that was an increase in, well, you wouldn't know, right. Jackie, that was your first time at the school, but, but hopefully you'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'd see that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Anybody else, what did y'all do to, to really spur students on to keep reading? Well, okay, go, go ahead, Casey, go ahead. Um, you know what we focused on in my district, which was this a simple, going back to basics, which was, you know, letting the kids just read what they want to read. You know, instead of this, you have to read this book because it's going to really, you know, uh, increase your uh, reading comprehension and everything. We just said, look, we just want you to read for enjoyment. And once we started to really do that, and this is something that I've always promoted, but it's kind of difficult to do sometimes with, um, your peers, your classroom teacher peers, 
when they started to see that this formula was actually working and the kids were really benefiting from it, then they're like, wow, we're really onto something, you know? And so that's what's been a big help to us is that as a school community, as a district, is that we started just letting the kids just enjoy themselves. So we have all those platforms, Sora, um, uh, Epic Books. Mm -hmm. We just incorporated Reading Ally, which is another positive, you know, so we're just giving the kids the opportunity to be and read. Yeah. And when I when it started, I kept thinking, I wish they would do away with all curriculum and just have kids read for the year, you know, that that, that could do amazing things, you know, and all of Stephen Crashton's work, you know, on free and voluntary reading, you know, was something that that was coming to my mind of like, let, let this be the year of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Jen, go ahead. So one thing that I did to encourage my students love of reading this year was I really pushed our ebook collection that we have. Okay. Uh, we currently have Sora. And I also did choice boards, just like Jackie mentioned as well, which was really engaging. I did not do choice boards in the past. And so that was something new to my library this school year. And the other thing that I did this year was I still maintain my best readers. I still wanted the parents to come, and I use that in air quotations, yeah. uh, to read virtually. And I also reached out to people in the public. Um, I had the wife of the Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania. She came and read Gazelle Fetterman. And again, just keeping that encouragement of reading by continuing to do the things that I've done in the past, but in a virtual way instead of in person. That's good. And that's awesome. You were able to find virtual ways, you know, to do those same kind of things. So that, that's good. All right, Wendy, what about you? Well, uh, same as Jen, you know, do what you were doing, but on a virtual setting. So before the school began, before the school year began, there was a big district push to like um, formally uh, have teachers trained on Flipgrid. At, up to this point, a lot of teachers were using it at will if they wanted to. And the district really made it part of like GT trainings and all of this curriculum professional development for them. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, now that a lot more people are on board, I'm going to use that okay. same platform because you're going to use it with kids. So I did all of my book talks on the Flipgrid integration that Wakelet has and their collections on their platform. So I did uh, book talk Tuesdays there, collaborated with my uh, curriculum what is it? Career and technology teacher who does the daily announcements. And so she would air those for me. And then I also kind of grabbed a hold of a lot of the inquiry uh, side of library services for the kids. So in middle school, they're doing research and kind of branching out into informational text and then everything that was going on in the world, you know, during this year as well. So we use things like Newzella, you know, where they kids, kids choose what level they're comfortable, you know, acquiring the information. And so I would incorporate my library ambassadors to read an article and then do an article review and they would record on synth. And then I would share that out, you know, and so I kind of activated my ambassadors and my book club to also promote, you know, students reading informational texts as opposed to just books, just read to learn, read to figure things out about what's going on around you. So that was really successful. Yeah. And when you were mentioning several of those things, I was remembering back to the beginning. Do you remember like every I'm going to say vendor in the world was giving out free, 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 free. But as I'm listening to y'all now, it kind of sounds like you, you really kind of stuck with the main things 
you know, that you were already using. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, it really kind of sounded like that because there, I mean, it was like an overload, <laughs> you know, of free resources, which I was thankful for, you know, because so many people didn't have anything. But um, I, I like that y'all kind of stuck with the things that you knew. Um, so let's talk a little bit about just our librarian role in general, um, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. How have you really seen librarians? And it could be where you are, where it might be um, people that you follow, you know, online that where you've kind of seen some growth happening. But pre and post-pandemic, how have you seen school librarians um, change during this time? I can go. Um, I, I've noticed that um, it varies from district to district and state to state. Yeah. But what remains very consistent is that as my chancellor in my district, chancellor also means superintendent. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what he has said is that, wow, librarians have really stepped up. He said that at the very beginning of the pandemic because he had, you know, it's, it's sometimes district officials, they know we're there. They know we're working. But we get so deep in the woods and the weeds with doing the work. We really don't really share like what what the kids are doing because we're so doggone busy. But um, we have really just amplified our voices in terms of what we are doing, and people are like really in in shock and like, oh wow, I didn't know you guys did this. So I feel like it's a um, a reemergence of us as a profession. And people are looking at us a little differently and they're appreciating what they're saying because I know the parents appreciate what we're doing in my district, um, despite some things that are going on. Uh, but but the, the, the main thing is, is that we are really, uh, we're, we're far more um, visible than we have been in years past and people are paying attention. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. Yay. All right, that very good words from Casey, but it's already making me think of how do we keep that going? You know, when the when things are back to normal, whatever that's going to be, how do we keep that going? But, ooh, very good words. All right, anybody else, pre and post pandemic, how have you seen our roles transition or change? I, I, mean, I gotta agree with Casey, like it's, it's almost like catapulted us to the forefront. And I feel like people who normally wouldn't be inside of our space, like, you know, like the chancellors, like superintendents, people in upper management, now they see what we're doing. You know, for me personally, my networking with librarians on the national level has strengthened to the point to where there's like um, partnerships and collaborations at that level. And people see that too. You know, your kids see that, you know, something that I love that I did this year that I hadn't done in the past is incorporated testimonials from students whose lives are being affected by being engaged in their library and how their lives benefit from library programming and their parents, you know, and getting their words out there. And it's like, hey, it's not just me. There are other people are advocating for the program. And that's real power right there. Yeah. Yeah, when you can get other people to step up and give testimonies that that, like you just said, that is power, you know, that their words can, can mean a lot, you know, and when the right ears are listening to it. Mm -hmm. Jen or Jackie, what about y'all? Have you seen any changes? Yes, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think just as librarians, a lot of us 
Um, I know for me, you know, it's kind of, you know, your place in the school. And so um, it's really pulled me out of my comfort zone okay. and learn a lot of tech tools um, and kind of present those tech tools to our teachers. And so kind of at the beginning of the pandemic, I saw a lot of people posting their certificates and their badges. And I was like, man, I need to jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> um, and so I started to get, you know, certified in different things. And um, it's just really I've just, I feel like I've just grown professionally because I know all of these tools that we can use in the classroom. And I love to share that with my teachers and even my students. Okay, thanks Jackie, that's good. I'm gonna echo what Jackie said that I really did see a lot of teachers reaching out to us. And I think mm -hmm. for me, it pushed me even more to find those resources that they were looking for and to really get more involved in the tech tools and to go further above and beyond what my already job description was. And I think the same thing as Casey said earlier, echoing, you know, amplifying our voices, because I don't think that people realize what we do day in and day out. And I truly feel like this pandemic has really pushed as to what our profession really can do and what our profession does do. Okay. Um, I also just want to add there that pre-pandemic, I was really building my readers. And I feel this year, I'm trying to keep my readers just because of all the virtual learning and um, just the disconnect that has happened this year a little bit due to everything being online. Okay. You know, and, and what I'm hearing a lot from y'all too is the idea of collaboration, you know, that we have that opportunity. And in years past, it used to be, how do I get them to collaborate with me? And I feel like now, it was a struggle at the beginning, but I think now that that's something I'm seeing more naturally happening, you know, that they're, mm -hmm. they, because we've stepped up, you know, because people have done that. So that's awesome. Congratulations to everybody. And I'm gonna pause here. Is there any other hot topic that anybody thinks of right now before we? Well, one thing that Jackie and I mentioned were about the tech tools. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I just wanted to talk about maybe one of the tech tools that I'm using this year what it's called Look It, which is a lot like quizzes. And one of the things that I really like about it is that I can create my own lessons and activities and it's engaging. Okay. Because this year I wanted my students moving. I wanted them to get up out of their seats. I want them to be engaged. I mean, we want them to be engaged every year, but I felt truly this year, um, I have been looking at my lessons of how can I get them out of their seats, standing behind their chair and moving. Okay, that's good. All right, so what about another, anybody else with a tech tool that really became significant to you during this time? I got a good one. Okay. Um, it's the News Literacy uh, Project and it's yes. Checkology. Oh my God, that has helped me so much during um, the insurrection, the Chauvin trial, just a lot of societal things that are going on in the news and helping kids synthesize yeah. and understand what's taking place. Yeah. Now that used to be a paid service, but I believe it was a little over a year ago that Checkology or that part of News Literacy Project became something that, that people could, could use. Does that sound right, Casey, that it's a free resource? Yeah, I'm an ambassador for them. And yes, it's okay. still free. And they just created a late middle school platform okay. for our late middle school. Okay. So if y'all are not familiar with it, it's going to talk a lot about, I'm going to say the word fake news, even though that's so broad, you know, there's all kinds of fake news, you know, um, but it, it 
it helps teachers with teaching that and it has lessons in there. And um, I even have signed up myself. I get their, their like newsletter that comes out and it will tell you about the latest fake thing, you know, that's out there in the news right now. It kind of helps you think through that, you know. Right, it's wonderful. Okay, yes. Um, and I even, even some of my, uh, my older family members, I, I encourage them to sign up too. <laughs> so when they're sharing on social media, they'll, they'll be a little more educated, you know, on, <laughs> on the truth of things out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wendy or Jackie, what about you? A tech tool that's really made a difference to you. So a tech tool that I implemented as soon as the pandemic hit last last March was uh, the Wakelet Student Ambassador Program. Okay. And I did it in lieu of, uh, because all of my curriculum depended on being physically in the library for my ambassadors. And so when I got wind of the Wakelet Student Ambassador Program and the six C's and super shout out to Deb Zeman and Tisha Poncio who created this program for Wakelet. Um, it helped me create, it helped me focus on some skills that I wish I had more time to, you know, past a 15 minute lesson, mm-hmm. like a curation, um, thinking about critical or critical thinking about topics, controversial topics, you know, how to collaborate graphic design. And so it helped me to show my ambassadors that the basic, the bare bones, and then have them have a creative outlet in a virtual or remote learning experience. And man, did they take off? Like my head is still blown. So the original kids that did it last semester, total flying colors, had like the first students in the entire district to become Wakelet student ambassadors. And then this year, my kids took it up another level and became leaders in their classrooms, which Dr. Sheneman, that was like my dream. It's like, I, I love to deposit knowledge into you, but I would love for you to exercise that knowledge and help other people grow. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing to see when students teach other students and the aha moments that come from that. It's such a powerful thing. And so So when they told me that they were doing that in a remote learning environment, you know, because they had learned how to do screencasts and they knew they were taking over their Google Meets and their classrooms representing the library. I was like, I don't know what else. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what else I want. (laughs) It was so amazing to see them say, you know, before. And this is another COVID blessing for some students before I would get lost in a crowd of kids face to face. And somehow, you know, being behind, you know, in my, in a safe place in my home where I don't feel criticized or judged or bullied, what have you, I feel safe to express myself mm-hmm. in a virtual classroom setting to the point to where I can lead a class and teach you. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's amazing. So if you guys have not weekly student ambassador program, I strongly recommend it. This, this last semester, I launched it to the entire school. So it was awesome. Okay. Um, well, I don't know if I can <laughs> top that, but, but uh, so just given my situation, because I was at a new campus, um, so I would, was doing Buncee boards as part of my choice boards. Um, and so I had a book club. And so I had my kids, you know, start making Buncees just on their book summaries, whatever, whatever chapter we were reading, they would just create their summaries. And I just find it that it's just so easy to uh, add content. They can add videos, they can add, uh, you know, text, you know, speech if they need to. And I think it's just a really great 
tool just to show just to show creativity instead of your basic PowerPoint or your basic slides that the kids that the teachers were having the kids do. Okay. Um, and so that's what I was doing. Good. And that just like teachers, you know, and the, and the kids, yeah. we all have things to help us at different points in our career. And that's exactly what you needed right now. Yeah. All right, so we're starting to wrap some things up. And um, if you have any kind of closing words that you would love to say to the librarians, you know, while they're wrapping up this school year and they're starting to look forward to what we hope, you know, is a, a brighter and different 2021-22 school year, any, any kind of parting words you would love to share with the librarians who are listening? You're doing a great job. <laughs> You're doing great. Don't, you know, don't let the negativity get to you. Um, whatever you're doing is great. That's what I would say to everyone. <laughs> uh, one thing I would say is regardless if you're a veteran librarian or first year, you did it. <laughs> like we survived. The students appreciate you. The families appreciate you. Don't let the negativity get you down and we'll be back bigger, better, stronger next school year. Mm -hmm. I'll say what everybody said, <laughs> but, but I'm going to add this big, big butt in. It's important that you take rest during the summer, do something for yourself, yes. something for your families, and just uh, get the rest that you need because this was a unusually tough year for a lot of us. And we just need some time to regroup so that we will be really great in the fall. Yeah. Yes, I got to agree with Casey. Like one of the things that I did during pandemic and I, it was so hard for me to disengage from Twitter because I use Twitter as a, it's my number one uh, professional growth tool. And so fear of missing out, like mm -hmm. all of these things, I had to fight all of that to save you know, to do some social emotional, you know, learning and detachment for myself, you know, and so I'm, I'm actually involved in some conversations on synth about that. And, you know, how can teachers and us, because we are also educators, we're teachers of students and teachers of teachers, you know, how we need to learn to be okay with unplugging, um, you know, from the social media and finding something that helps you control your racing thoughts at night when you're trying to think of what you're going to do the next day, or this teacher has something I didn't have the answer. I need to find the answer. Like it's okay to step back. It's okay to take a breath. You know um, I agree with Casey. This is a year like for the books. I don't even know if we're ever going to go through something like this again, you know, but like Jen, Jen said, we, we did it, you know? And so it's okay mm. to step back, you know, like I got into planting, I play with dirt all the time, like it saved my sanity, like, and I never did that, I killed everything I planted. And, you know, another COVID blessing, I, you know, read up on some nonfiction botany stuff. Now I'm all about the plants, but it helps my mind, uh, you know, refocus, mm -hmm. uh, helps me detach, helps my mind rest, so that I can come back, you know, it's like that quote that they say, you can't pour out of an empty vessel. You know, so we have to take care of ourselves first, for sure. And it's okay to do that. We must choose ourselves at some point, too. Yeah. Very good. Well, I want to thank y'all all for being part of my 100th episode. It's just amazing. Um, Wendy was actually the very first episode ever. Um, she was willing to be my guinea pig to get this thing started. <laughs> so that was, that was awesome. But uh, just for the audience, um, these are four awesome interviews that, that we will link to in the show notes. Um, Casey talked about advocacy. Um, Jackie talked about her renovating of her library. 
um, Jen talked about reading and that we're more than just a book checkout or a story time person. Um, and then, then Wendy just, she talked a lot about her student ambassadors and a lot, but it was, she had just finished her first year in the library, um, I believe at that point. So she was talking about a first librarian's experience, you know, which is not the case anymore. You've now done first year and pandemic. <laughs> so, but um, the, that, those links will be in the show notes. And just thank all of you for joining me today. I've really appreciated um, knowing you and interviewing you and sharing your stories with, with everybody else in, in, in the listening audience. So have a great day and a restful summer. Um, and I look forward to continue our relationship together. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Dr. Thank Shenneman. You. Thanks. Thank you. Take care and congratulations again. Thank you. Lots of fun giveaways this week. So please visit my website at www.laurashinneman.com. You'll find the registration page there. Come celebrate with me. 100 episodes of exciting librarian interviews to inspire you and make a difference.